Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And first off, let me apologize for a little bit of the break in services provided. I've had some family things that I needed to address. I've also been pretty active on the Instagram Live, which is kind of what led us to this particular podcast today. This is my conversation with Trevor Walden of the notorious Walden Brothers of the local Kenai Soldatna Peninsula area. Now, the Walden Brothers are, well, they're brothers, but they also manufacture t-shirts, stickers, tumblers. In fact, plug Aroni right here. They are the makers of the Woke and Baked merchandise. So here they are coming on talking about what it is they do. Now, we've wanted to do a podcast with them. I've wanted to do a podcast with them since I met them because I thought what they were doing was pretty rad. And what do they do besides make t-shirts? Well, they make a whole lot of stuff. They make videos, they make Instagram content, they do all of that shit. That being said, this podcast is more or less about what they've learned during their entrepreneurial journey. And it occurred over Instagram Live, so there were a couple of conversations, a couple of questions, a couple of things people wanted to know that we addressed inside of the podcast. So, with that being said, if you are interested in checking out any of the Woke and Baked merchandise, the easiest thing to do would be to go to their website, uh, waldenbros.store.com. That's W-A-L-D-E-N-B-R-O-S dot S-T-O-R-E. And check out some of that sweet-ass merchandise. And you can design your own stuff. If you're looking to make your own t-shirt, you've got your own clothing line in mind. Well... They can do something for you. All right, so my guest today is Trevor Walden. Now, do not, do not be confused in, uh, with Trevor from Grand Theft Auto, which would be way cooler if I was talking to Trevor from Grand Theft Auto. Not to say that Trevor Walden sucks, but Trevor from Grand Theft Auto seemed pretty interesting. He seemed like a guy that had some life stories worth sharing. And if nothing else, he could share those life stories. Uh, he could also share some other things. He seemed like a guy that had some other things that he could share. Whether or not you wanted him to share them with you is probably something else. I don't think you can get herpes from a video game, but if you could, I imagine you would get it from Trevor in Grand Theft Auto. All right, folks, without any further ado, here is a little bit of Trevor Walden of the Walden Brothers here on Woken Baked. Yeah, I can't really tell you what it is that we talked about because there was just so much. We touched on a whole bunch of stuff. Not a lot of conspiracy stuff, a little bit of conspiracy stuff, but mostly like entrepreneurial stuff. If you're trying to make some money the legit way, this, ladies, gents, is a way you can do it. All right, folks, have a great day. Have a great afternoon. Have a great whenever it is you are listening to this. Without any further ado, it is, ladies, gents, and others, Trevor Walden. Oh yeah, listen to the end of the podcast so that I can tell you all about the fantastic people at Iron Asylum, Red Run, and Nohi Jiu-Jitsu from 7 p.m. Monday through Thursday. All right, I'll tell you all about it at the end of the podcast. Without any further ado, ladies and gents, it's one half. By the way, all of this, every bit of this conversation and many more are currently on the Instagram page at Woken Bake Podcast. 
on Instagram. All right, folks, here you go. I just wanted to make sure, are you good if I put any of this on YouTube at some point? No, I'm, I'm immediately going, as soon as we're done, I'm going to copy this and, uh, and I'm going to post it up as a podcast. So okay. knock yourself out. Sounds All of good. the fun in the world. I just thought it would be cool to put this, like, do the screen recording and then also have, like, the side video, you know, where you get, like, the angle. I don't know. Um, thanks for having us on. Trent's over here doing schoolwork. I'll run him over here, too. So I don't know. It's involved. Yeah, it's so good. You got Trent doing schoolwork, getting all educated and stuff. Uh, let, me, let me get the stand. Yeah, I'm over going to school. It's not much fun. Actually, I thought you were. You guys were done with school. <laughs> I'm done with high school, but I'm still going to college while doing this at the same time. Okay. That's impressive, sir. Yeah. And Trevor has me on. All right. Awkward one. So I, I know I I know who I'm talking to. I know I'm talking to Trevor and Trent. So would you? Young gentlemen, please tell me who you are. Anyone listening to this at a later date, love to know who you are. So my name is Trevor. I'm Trevor Walden, one half of Walden Bros. My name is Trent, the other half of Walden Bros. Um, so I guess we can tell them what Walden Bros is, you know? Um, so Walden Bros is a customization business that literally customizes pretty much anything like from hoodies to crew necks to hats t-shirts um we haven't really perfected glassware yet but we're working towards it um so yeah i mean that's really what we do and we make youtube videos we make funny content on instagram um yeah like we're just goofballs honestly So how did um, how did it come to be that uh, you two brothers decided to start a business together? Um, actually, Trent and I wanted to start our own like our own clothing line, and so when we started our own clothing line, we sold like some T-shirts and it went well. We sold some hoodies and it went well, and then we were like, God, the cost of this is ridiculous. So then we were like, Okay, well we should get our own printer to make our own stuff to drive costs down. And after we did that, we realized it was a better business decision, one, to take everybody else's orders and make everybody else's clothing. And then once we realized that people were, like, getting shocked at our prices, then it was like, oh, okay, we need to do this so we can help people, like, not spend a major amount of money on customizing their garments or whatever. So that we really kind of fell into the business rather than deciding to go into it. We fell into it, and then it, we just, it was a sink or swim type thing. And we've, thus far, we've swam, but we've also drowned a few times. So, so let's, uh, before we talk about, about swimming, if we could yeah. talk a little bit about, about um, what setbacks you faced and then overcoming them. So, God, there's more setbacks. We could have a whole podcast on setbacks for Walden Bros, honestly, but, uh, Really, the biggest thing that we have learned thus far, I'd say, based on the setbacks, like we've bought two printers that were just complete garbage, and somehow we sold products that people actually thought were high quality. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we le- we've learned from all of these setbacks is customer service is huge. If you're just nice to people, then it kind of always works out. You never, I mean, 
you can have people that don't like your product and they can say, hey, this sucks. But at the same time, as long as you're nice, in the, if you accept responsibility in whenever you suck and just say, hey, we messed up, people really actually value that. I think that that's probably the biggest thing that we've learned is customer services. It's, at times, it's bigger than the product that you give. It, like, we've had people where we give them a crappy product and they're so excited, they're, they're overwhelmed with how great it is. And it's like, well, that really sucked. But it was honestly just because we were nice to them. So do you have um, a particular um, example of like just things not going your way? Like, like you plan for something and it falls through. You kind of explain yeah. the, the printers working out, but you, know, you plan to be able to have something ready for a customer and then that doesn't work out. Or you're expecting something from a, from a supply, you have a supply chain issue. Yep. Uh, and you've got orders too. I mean, if you can talk about some of that and how you work past specific in, uh, instances. So I, I'll go back to like our first real problem where it was like we couldn't do, and we couldn't fulfill orders simply because our machine was broken. And it was like, we never thought about um, our machine being broken was never a thing. Like we just thought, oh, it's going to work. So um, I, I'll say their name because it's okay. Kenai Joe's, we, we did, their, did all their hoodies and stuff like that. And we had, this was actually before we were doing their hoodies for them. This was for some person that was on a dart team for Kenai Joe's. And we were like, oh, this is going to be so cool. We'll make, make hoodies for that. La, la, la. Well, so it, if you don't know what a DTG printer is, it's called a direct-to-garment printer. And what it does is you put your garment on, the, on a platen and it just it prints right on top of the clothing, but you have to do a white underbase layer if you're going to put print it on black. Well, so our whites, because of the, the climate in Alaska, our whites had to be shaken all the time or shook all the time. And so if you didn't shake them every couple hours, which, I mean, if you go to bed, you can't shake them in your sleep. So if you don't shake them, then they become, they harden up, and then the tubes where the ink is in, like the lines start to harden. Well, so we didn't realize that the lines were hardening because we'd never been a, a part of the process yet. And so we're printing this lady's shirts for her dart, her dart team, and she needed them by Friday. This was Thursday night. Trent and I are printing them out. And we're like, why, why is the white? It almost looks like an off gray. Like the white is just horrible. Well, so Trent and I ended up not being able to fulfill that order then a hundred t-shirt order came in, which at the time was the largest order that we had and our printer was broken. So we had to, we either had to order a whole new part for this printer or we had to order a whole new printer. The whole new printer was going to be here faster than the actual part. And the printer was already starting to die on us anyway. So Trent and I decided, let's just throw $4,000 right down the drain and buy a whole new printer. So we bought the whole new printer which was the same printer, really. It was just from a different brand. And it, it, went to, it just went to crap. But it was like those kind of things have helped us learn and understand like, okay, one, don't just be skimpy on, what, on the product you're going to purchase. Like, yes, you may have to purchase a large, a large printer, a large cost printer to get good quality, but... We, we were spending more time trying to fix our DTG printer than we actually were printing garments. And in the beginning, it was just like, okay, at what point do you say we're done with this? 
but then luckily I had Trent to rely on and Trent had me to rely on of like, Hey, we're not going to quit on this thing. That's another thing about this whole thing that we're doing is like, okay, you like, we may not be getting traction like we want. I mean, everybody wants to have a million followers and not have to do anything for work. Right. But I think that what we're seeing is like, it, it really is a slow climb. Like it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Sometimes it is that way. And like you're a TikTok kid and you get on there and do something funny and relatable, then people love it. But it's just shown us that like it is every, it's a, every, every day we put a brick on the wall and hopefully one day we'll be able to just go, you know? So, yeah. Uh, how important is it having your brother by your side for something like this? It, and it's, it's, if I didn't have him, this would be done. He's such an integral part to what this is. Like a lot of people don't know Trent because Aaron, because Trent doesn't allow people to really get in his circle. You know, like he's just doing what he's doing and he's focused on what he's focused on. My aunt is honking. <laughs> um, but yeah, that if there was no Trent, then th- this 100% would be done because I myself, I, I get pissed i'm like dude why is this not working like there's day like last week is a perfect example i was ready to be done the we had customers that were like hey this got messed up and i mean it was it i wouldn't say it wasn't our fault but at the same time it was like okay well i really didn't know what to do there and i asked you a couple times and then i still didn't get it it's kind of thing you know so, but I had trent and i'm like i can vent to trent mm-hmm. and trent is a very level-headed like even if even if somebody is in an argument, like we're watching somebody argue, Trent automatically jumps in and is like the mediator. It's, it's weird, but he's really good at it. So to have him is so important for me and what I'm doing and what the business is doing itself. It's honest to God, I would not be doing this by myself. If it wasn't for him, I would be done. <laughs> uh, can we talk a little bit about uh, family support? Because you also yeah. um, work uh, – close to uh to your dad to your to your, to your parents yeah um can you talk about the support system and having that there um our it's funny we, we work with our parents or we work in the same office space as our dad and our dad has i wouldn't say that our business isn't like legitimate but he does something that in like the eyes of the public is respectful and like professional and proper so their their support with it is it's crazy. Like I, I literally have the most supportive parents in the world. So does Trent. We're we said that we Trent and I had this conversation today. Honest to God, it would be real funny if you had supportive parents and he did. I well, gotta yeah. get this yeah. in. It would be it would be great if it would be funny. It'd be terrible if they're like, oh, Travis, Trent sucks. We're not supportive well, of all of him. But the older one, he's cool. Like, well, it's the bullet. Well, the bullet is really something about. we have a problem. With. We talk about it all the time of like, you know, because whenever I was a kid, whenever I was a kid, I am still a kid, but whenever I was in high school, it was like all about Trevor. Like I always was like, that was always the topic of conversation with Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. And I mean, it's to no fault of my own. I was athletic and I, I was good at sports. So I was the topic of conversation, but counteract that Trent and Caitlin always got to watch the big brother show. So sometimes there's resentment from, from that. And 
it, it's come into our business sometimes and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, why can't we get over this hump? But with the support of our parents in what we're doing, like sometimes that they jump in and they say, hey, this is what I think you should do. And sometimes it's like, hey, this is our thing. Like, let us figure it out and fail. I know that you're probably way smarter and better at this stuff, but let us fail. Um, but they, they're awesome. I mean, we, not only does he let us have the space in his office, but we live with him, you know? So we, we're doing this thing, but we're still living with our parents. And sometimes it's like, okay, are we, are we doing this right? Is this the right track? Are we, are we still going? And Trent and I talked today about how, like, not, not like knocking anybody else. Everybody did. I mean, do you and do what you do and what makes you happy, for, in our opinion. But a lot, of, a lot of these people are not as lucky as us to have the parents that we do. Like, we get to think about how do we grow our business? Like, that's what we have to think about. When we come in, like, Trent and I get so weirded out when we say, like, we're off to work. Like, it's not work. Like, we make T-shirts and have a hell of a, fun, a lot of fun doing it. And we don't have to worry about anything. All we have to worry about is grow the business. That's what we're doing. Whereas other businesses are like, we have to pay for this. We have to make this payment this month. We have to pay the house payment. Like, Trent and I don't go through that. So to your point, our parents, if, it's, if, if our parents weren't as supportive and saw our vision too, then we wouldn't, I mean, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. So yeah, huge, huge part of the success that we want to get to is our parents' support. So um, how much has the vision changed from um, when did you and your brother start this to so, now? So we're just over a year. Probably We're probably at like the year and a half point. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're approaching about a year and a half. And like I said in the beginning, the beginning was we're going to make a clothing brand. So, I mean, it's changed a lot, but I would say the biggest thing that has changed is our reasoning for doing what we're doing. In the beginning, it was like, okay, we want to make money. You know, like we want to have a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. And now it's, it's changed into, okay, one, first and foremost, we want to help people. We want to give a good product at a low price to the customer that deserves it. If you help people, money's just going to come along. Exactly. And if you help, like Trent just said, he goes, if you help people, then the money comes along the way. And that, that has definitely changed, at least for me. I can't speak for him, but for me, in the beginning, I was definitely like, hey, let's go make some money. Let's figure this out and try and rule the world kind of thing. And now it's like, okay, let's help people out and do what we, what we can for people. And then... If we, if we become millionaires along the way, that's cool too, you know, and it's, that's definitely changed. Uh, so you mentioned earlier, you know, the up until then, this was the, the biggest order of shirts that we've done. Um, yeah. What's the biggest number you've done this far? Um, order. So right now, the, like the amount, the quantity of shirts that people have ordered are garments. It's got to be the one that got placed, but I don't know how many he has, like 500 plus. Well, no, that's not very, some have done that order yet. So I'm thinking like past order, the, um, we've done 100 t-shirts, we've done like 300 masks. Yeah, that's, we've done, we've done like 500 masks for people, but masks are a little different because 
when you do a mask, it's sublimation, so you just set it on there and then you're done. Whalers with like 115 t-shirts. Uh -huh. Yeah, so at the, to this point, the most that we've done for one person is 115, but right now, a certain gym owner placed an order that is like 500 garments. So that, we haven't done it yet, but that's been like the biggest thing that we've gotten. And there's a couple businesses around here that have had like 75 plus garment orders. So they've been, they've been big, but I'd say that the one of the gym owner is definitely going to be the biggest one we've ever done, which that'll be around 480 or four, or no, it's actually exactly 520 garments. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> so it happens. It changes. Like the, oh my God. That's, that's a lot of shirts. That's yeah. a lot of that's a lot of shirts. Um so let's talk let's let's get to can we get talking now kind of about the topics that we discussed yeah. discussing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright. <laughs> so uh so your guy, my guy, the guy none of us can see. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mr. John Cena. Apparently, the C in his last name stands for China. Yeah. Because he just apologized to the Chinese guy. Well, okay, so let's run it back. I was going to John say, what Cena. Did you do in the initial. Like, what? What sparked this? He referred to Taiwan as a country. And they and China thinks that it's their territory. Is that what they say? Basically, yeah. So they're they're kind of living under the the one China rule, and the Taiwan is is um, kind of their property, and they're their cousins or some such thing. They're basically that. Um, basically, what John Cena did was he uh, seemed to justify the existence of this entire country that exists as a country and as a recognized country. Yeah. But uh, they were so worried about offending. Uh, the the Chinese market, especially with the release of a new Fast and the Furious movie, that he was forced to apologize in Chinese to anyone he might have offended. Why did it have to be? In and he did it because because uh, he like needed to say it. he was really sorry. Yeah. Well, I, okay, so I I think. It's a whole. There's a whole conspiracy theory attached to them. It's pretty fucked up. Um, but with professional wrestlers, right, specifically, so like Batista, and then you have John Cena, and then you have The Rock, and sort of like an ascending superhero um, action star. Like they're following that guy's blueprint because yeah. none of these guys should follow the blueprint of Hulk Hogan. We'll end up with another suburban commando. Yeah, but. <laughs> In the case of, um, of say, John Cena, right, you mentioned he was a, a Fred Meyer version of The Rock. I mean, he is. I used to, okay, we have to preface this, though, that John Cena was, like, him, Jeff Hardy, and Rey Mysterio were eight-year-old Trevor's idols. Like, and prior to that, whenever, because I was, as a wrestling fan, I was pissed that The Rock sold out and just left. Because it was like, if, in the world of WWF, WWE, like, he, he just disappeared. It wasn't like, 
hey, guys, I'm going to be out of here. He just, he was gone. So when John Cena came along, it was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I had the word life wristbands. I had the headband that said, you can't see me. I had the beanie that said, hustle, loyalty, respect. Like, I was 100% John Cena fanatic. So for me to see him now, I mean, we saw him in Bumblebee where it was like, okay, this is a 100% knockoff. And then now we see him and he's, he's got this hair and he's doing these like <laughs> these weird roles. Hair. Like, act, he's like, he's like doing the, the weird dad role, you know? And so for me, I see the rock as like, the rock is still the rock. The rock does what he does. And everybody loves the rock. Even if you don't like his political views, you still love him as an actor. So when you have John Cena try and follow this blueprint, I mean, he did great movies like 12 Rounds, The Marine. Like, he did good movies. And then all of a sudden, now you're starting to see him in movies like, like Blockers and, like, these just weird roles that don't fit him as, like, the badass wrestler that we used to see him as. So I just I feel like he's a Kirkland brand of The Rock. I... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's you know, like, if you're in the lower 48, Kroger version. Yeah. Uh, but I think that would make Batista the Walmart version. Yes. He's like the Walmart emo version. <laughs> so, he's a weird one. Batista's a weird one. Yeah. Um, so, have you seen the Batista chest tattoo? Yes. So he's got the all-seeing eye on his heart. For those of you at home, the tattoo we're talking about is he has the all-seeing eye, the same one you'll see on the dollar bill. Um, you will see that tattoo on the heart of uh, Batista. You'll also see that tattoo uh, on the heart of Chet Hanks, the son of actor Tom Hanks. And yeah, he has the words, yeah, he has the words, um, I am who I am. Across his uh, 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 like uh, across his cup, like right around, right on top of that, right. Hmm. Um, now, Batista, when he got that tattoo and he debuted it for the first time, it was a hashtag that was very similar to like "I am what I am." Yeah, right. And that was that was the first time he showed it. Um, but the first time he showed it also looked like, and it's still on his Instagram page. It looks it's gonna it's a weird thing to say, but it looked like a headshot for a gay porn actor. Like, it's like no shirt yeah, my on. Dad, my dad has always said that he felt, felt like Batista may be a little bit on the gay side. But no, so problem here's, no problem with it, but he definitely has given off that vibe. Yes. And, and who gives a shit, really? No, like, like, but, but, let me, but let me say that it makes, that makes the conspiracy theory that I'm about to dive into a little bit little bit, little makes bit more, more sense. valid, yeah. So, so the tattoo, what that means, especially when it's there, is that if you are a high enough level on the Illuminati, right, like Jeff Bezos, like Jeff Bezos is whatever, whoever, or whoever they are, like the powerful people behind the scenes whose names we don't know, yep. right? If you're one of those guys and you see the tattoo on the heart, what that means is you get to fuck that guy's mouth. Oh my God. It's the only acceptable answer, right? Like, if you were, uh, it couldn't be that they're unimaginative idiots who've taken too many blows to the head and right. now all they can do is pearls and get goofy tattoos. No, no, it's not that at all. 
It's not that at all. It can only be this one thing. Um, and if you're a powerful enough guy, you get to do that to Tom Hanks' kid. What a weird Who, by the way, is also an adult. Yeah, yeah. What a weird uh, But if you're a powerful enough guy, you get to do that to Batista as well. So here's, here's a weird one for you. So, like, a lot of these guys, uh, especially when you start talking about getting into the Illuminati and stuff like that, um, they have to make these sacrifices. They have to um, give something up. They have to well, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So Batista's daughter, Athena, had a sex tape released in 2010. Yeah. This is all nice. stuff you can look into. Oh my shortly God. after that, shortly after that, he gave her a million dollars to start a rap label. Now, in 2010, Batista had just retired from wrestling. Yeah. So you're telling me this dude had a million dollars laying around that he could just drop off to his daughter who just got done in a sex tape a uh, million dollars? Yeah, I was going to say, wrestlers, I mean, unless you're that upper echelon elite ones, which, I mean, you, there could be an argument said that he was, but you don't, you don't make that money, right? Unless you're working on getting your tattoo. Yeah. That's weird. Just randomly drops her a million. Yeah, like, hey, you started a rap label. I'll give you a million dollars, baby face. Yeah, <laughs> baby face. <laughs> so, so sacrificing your daughter for the the perverse pleasure of uh, of your your dark handlers. Yeah, why not? Wow, makes perfect sense. So you got uh, you've got that, and also take a man. I've got another hate laying off all my jokes, but. I've got another one about uh, about an appreciation for C-section scars in kids with big heads. So Tom Hanks' kid, uh, Chet, has an enormous head. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an Anunnaki head. Are you familiar with the Anunnaki? Uh-uh. They are the, uh, if you, according to the Sumerians, right, who were the first, like, real civilization on Earth, mm-hmm. the Anunnaki were their, their interdimensional gods from the sky. And they have these gigantic heads. Really? Chad Hanks has one of those heads. I'm not saying he's Anunnaki. I'm he just saying that I have, has one of those you know, heads. I, I'm just I'm saying he has one of those heads. Yeah. And um and then there are more jokes to be made about Rita Wilson and why Tom Hanks has some of the rumors that he has about him. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's one guy that you can Google his name and find some weird stuff. Well, I think you'll find more weird stuff if you do it on DuckDuckGo. So are you familiar with DuckDuckGo? Uh-uh. Okay, so while Google will keep all of your search results, especially if you're logged in as whoever, right, they'll sell that information, uh-huh. DuckDuckGo doesn't do that. Okay. If you Google, or if you Google, say, Tom Hanks conspiracies, you're going to get way better stuff on DuckDuckGo because okay. they don't filter the way Google does. Yeah, so Google and these alpha, the Alphabet Company – they keep track of everything. So you talk okay. about your YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, what we watch, what we share, what we like, and all that stuff is available for sale. Mm-hmm. And also kind of makes it, you know, increases the likelihood of it getting pulled down as well. Gotcha. Well, yeah. I didn't know that. So there's that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, John Cena... John Cena apologized in Chinese, which was like, you'd think that he had said something bad, though. That's, that's where it's crazy, right? Yeah, that's where is, I get confused, too, is like, okay, 
everybody misspeaks, but at the same time, why are we apologizing for calling a country that, in my opinion, is a country? Why, why, like, what? Why are we, why are we bowing down to that? Just be like, hey, dude, it's a country, whatever. But instead, because you have something that's going to be put on in the market in China or that you want to be put on in the market in China, you apologize, and then you also kind of kiss their ass a little bit, you know? Not cool to me. Yeah, you got just another version of a sellout. You're you're to for fucking fast and the furious. Yeah, right. This is like like it. It's not like it was like John Cena's masterpiece. Like it's not like we're talking about. I'm so excited to see this new John Cena movie. I heard that he changes the universe in his performance. No, you're playing fucking Dom's brother. Mm -hmm. Vin Diesel probably gave him a call and said, "Hey." Here's the deal. We need good. We need good publicity in China. Call and apologize. You know, like I don't. Yeah. I don't understand why that kind of stuff matters, but it does, I guess, in order to have your movie put on. So here's my question, then, right? So if we're going with the Dave Batista, uh, Chet Hanks, Illuminati, who gets to fuck John Cena? <laughs> because because he's being publicly emasculated. If you go to his Instagram page and see the comments people are leaving about it, seeing the things that, that, that your core audience is saying about you, because this isn't like the people that are hurt by John Cena doing this are people who are probably wrestling fans. Right, people who yeah. has spent a lot of money and time invested in this person, John Cena, who is in fact now just becoming a character. He's a plastic character. Yeah. He doesn't feel real. You mentioned the hair. The hair is bugging me out. No, so the my, hair makes my cousin, me so. My cousin Harley actually had cancer like two years ago now, and his make a wish because he didn't know if they didn't know if he's gonna live. So his make a wish was actually. I'm not kidding you was to meet John Cena. So he went and got to, went to the premiere of Bumblebee, went there, met John Cena, went and, like, they had this hotel room where it was set up where he got to talk to John Cena and had, like, a 30-minute interaction where they just talked and hung out. He made a video. Um, so I don't know. You're probably familiar. You're, you know a lot of stuff. Um, when he made his rap album, have you listened to that at all? I have not listened to the rap album. So let's talk. Really I, good. Let's, we'll talk about the rap album in a minute. Yeah. He, uh, so, so, he, so Harley had him, my cousin Harley, had him take this video because I was like, hey, I was like, hey, tell him that Trevor says Chain Gang is the click. And that's one of the songs in his, in his, on his album. Like, I'm not kidding you. I was a freaking, I was a fanatic. So he goes there and Harley goes, why do you have that hair? He, Harley's like 13 at the time. And he goes, oh, it's just for a movie role. And I was like, well, now looking back, it's not for a movie role. You've done like four movies, bro. Since he had that haircut like two years ago, so I don't get it. Like, why? Why is it still there? The hair's weird. It's, it's weird. really, really weird. So I'm Midnight glad. Christ. I'm glad you brought up. I, I'm telling you, man. Like, whoever, whoever is having sex with John Cena, is is telling him to keep their hair like that. John, John Cena. I've got twenty billion dollars. Keep your hair. Yeah. Keep your hair, John. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I'll keep the hair. Yeah. I'll I'll be this guy. Billion dollars. Yep. Um, yeah, so I'm glad. Okay, a couple of different things that you hit on. So I actually also have a John Cena joke about the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Really? Um, 
Yeah, so little known fact, John Cena has answered more Make-A-Wish uh, wishes than any other celebrity in the history of the organization. Mm -hmm. And that is because he is basically uh, the humane adrenochrome scout. Okay, what does that mean? Sorry. So you're, adrenochrome... You're guy who does okay. <laughs> hey, hey, you're... You're talking to a guy who spends too much time on the internet. So, <laughs> adrenochrome is uh, allegedly, it's a chemical that uh, children produce when they're terrified right before they're murdered. So, if John Cena is the humane adrenochrome scout, and he's out there looking for already sick kids. Oh, okay. I'm following. Yeah. Holy yeah, and that's how he stays so youthful, and that's how he stays so jacked. Because he's he's a natty boy. He's a natty boy. Yeah. <laughs> Him and the Rock, hundred percent natty. Yeah. Uh, um. So, but on top of that, I'm glad you brought up his his rap because I actually uh, I interacted with a rapper by the name of Copyright today, uh, okay. Pete Nelson. Copyright um is uh, in the early 2000s. He is. Probably one of the most influential battle rappers at that time. Uh, when Jay-Z went on his Rock the Mic tour, Copyright won uh, the Rock the Mic battle on that tour. Like, just going everywhere around the United States is battling rappers. And he won that. Um, he released a record called uh, The High Exalted. And it's basically, like, it's basically an album of battle raps, right? It's very hmm. cool shit, if that's what you're into. And I was, young Bill Baker was very clearly into that. Yeah. John Cena. When he would go on and he'd like diss people in yeah. the ring, talk about how much you suck and da 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 da, yeah. and say some club stuff, he was actually reciting copyrights lyrics. Really? Yeah. Wow. I would have never known. And a lot of people did that. A lot of people did that because they didn't know who copyright was. But in the age of the internet, this is before YouTube. This is before all of that stuff. Um, you know, you you it was harder to research. Yeah. But yeah, so John Cena was using this dude's lyrics uh, and taking credit for him in front of a crowds of of fifty or a hundred thousand or you know all of these people are watching John Cena take this dude's lyrics and not give him credit, especially when John Cena had a rap album coming out. Um, you could have easily and I'm not I don't know that he didn't reach out to this guy and say, Hey, could you scribble some stuff for me? Yeah. Um, but I do know that on that record he was working with um Seven L and Esoteric, he was working with Freddie Fox. Um, and Freddie Fox is a guy who has real credibility. Now I also, if I'm not mistaken, John Cena was sued by a rap group called MOP. Uh with that that music that that his come out music. Um comes like it sounds like an MOP song. Like you listen and it's like I listen to that and I just want to rage really? because it sounds like an MOP song and that's that Fire was immediately followed by Fire Squad. You know, like it was all MOP stuff. Like John Cena as it was an image, right? But we as uh, like as I got older, because I was I was out of that stage. Um, like you kind of appreciate, okay, he's appealing to kids, and the image has kind of changed a little bit. He's yeah. not this obnoxious fucking thing anymore. Um, but you had uh, guys like it was weird. So Jericho 
had a, a song done by a guy named R.A. the Rugged Man, mm-hmm. who's still uh, he's an underground legend um, and uh, one of the more entertaining rappers ever in the history of ever. But um, John Cena, like he got some he got some talented artists paid, mm-hmm. um, but he he ripped off and continues to rip off uh, guys like Copyright. Wow, I would have so, never known. See, that's why we need because people you know, like like Bill Baker in the world to inform us and educate us on these these freaking slackers that are ripping people off. You, you don't know if you don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. And so, you know, looking back on it, I mean, like, there were were there things that copyright probably could have done to let people know that it was his, you know, his shit. Probably, yeah. but at the same time, you're talking about a superstar, and you're talking about one little singular dude from, um, from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. You know. Um. By the by the way, he's uh, he's recorded with uh, this copyright feller. He's co- he's recorded with uh, LP of Run the Jewels. He's recorded with a whole a long oh. long list of a very talented artist uh, going back over twenty years. So I highly recommend uh, checking his music out. It's just. It's it's um I'm a big fan of rappers who find interesting and intricate ways to say terrible things about people's mothers. <laughs> you know, like if you find a great way to talk shit, like that's just that's just funny to me. Yeah, it is. Like it's um uh, as much as I appreciate a weird Al Yankovic song where you know you find interesting and creative ways to say things. What what's your opinion on um, Lil Dicky? Do you like him or you hate him? So, initially, yeah, I love love Lil Dicky. Okay. So I worked um, when I was in the Air Force. I worked nights, mm-hmm. and and I hate mainstream rap. I absolutely, positively detest it. It hurts me. Yeah, Dicky was a rapper who said lots of really funny things and touched on insecurities and like the, like having a, having a little dick uh, and you're, you meeting your girlfriend, who you think is your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend with the big dick. And <laughs> now, you, now, you know, like there's all of that. Like he's, he's writing about insecurities and they're funny. They're absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, and, and then he did that like nine minute. We are the world shit. You lost me. The earth. Um, thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Dave is funny. Dave is, Dave is fun I to watch. Dave. I think it's a good show. Um, I got, I have nothing bad to say about, uh, little Dickie. He never tried to become anyone else. Like that's, and I appreciate that the most. Like he didn't. I'll say that like his first like pop single was a fucking love song. Wasn't it? Uh, like, it was called Molly. Molly, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Like, uh, Brendan Urie in it from Panic at the Disco. He literally that's great. That's who's in it. And it, but the I, only thing I hate about it is it's like he even says in the beginning of that song he goes, "This is probably the uh, the softest shit I've ever done." And then he goes, um, but I, but hopefully you'll love this or something like that. And then he's never done another song like it. And none of the other songs that he's done have really popped besides Save That Money or Save That Money. That was a good one. I like that one. Great song. Great yeah. song. Great video. Love the message. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there's um, 
a lot of times an artist can shoot themselves in the foot when they do that. So there's a German rap group by the name of Absolute Beginner, and they were huge on on the underground. Like they were they were monsters on the underground, and their record label finally convinced them to do a love song so that they could cross over. And their their hook was, "This is our love song. You wanted a love song. You wanted a love song. Here's our love song. Enjoy our love song." You know, and it was just yeah, that was it. Yeah, and, but that it's was like their a big middle finger. Like, here's your love song. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's crazy is the fucking song blew up. Really? It blew wow. up. It was it was it was their biggest song, and it allowed them to do more artsy shit. Wow. So, like, it, 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 it in the case of Dickie, it backfires trying to like reach out and, and and get a whole new audience with love songs because the thing is. Dickie's audience was big enough with just just the YouTube shit, with just yep. the shit on you. He didn't necessarily need uh you know five uh you know like to, for the radio and the record label to people to get their hands in what it was that they were doing. He was doing fine on his own, and I think that that's where a lot of people uh, make mistakes. Like I, I'm I'm grateful that you guys have ownership of your stuff yeah. because a lot of folks just want to jump onto that. Um, to ride someone else's wave, right? Uh, while whilst not creating their own, and he was a guy that was doing fine um, on his own. He didn't necessarily need the record labels uh, to get behind him. He didn't need radio. He was doing fine with the internet, mm-hmm. and um, that's why you have why you see guys like like Joe Rogan who have more listeners and more viewers uh, than your your Don Lemons, um, than your Sean Hannitys. Than any of these other dudes with with their podcasts as well, well with their podcasts. You can taste that fabrication and that politically correct type thing. Like when you're, whenever I mean, for your viewers, whenever you listen or watch you, it's like, okay, we're getting the real bill. Where when you watch or listen to Joe Rogan, for the most part, I'd say you feel like you're getting the real Joe Rogan. Like when I listen to Joe Rogan, I don't feel like he's faking anything for spotify you know and then you listen to some other things and you're like god this is just like i feel like i'm watching the news or i'm listening to the news so it's just like it's it, that that it just doesn't feel right you can feel that that taste in your mouth of like yeah this is not this ain't it you know well it's all it's it's image right mm-hmm. like it's so you have someone like say Sean Hannity, right? Sean Hannity without the platform that is provided by Fox News is not the same Sean Hannity, right? Yeah. But the, the platform that is provided by Fox News means that he's angry for 12 minutes, then they go to a break for two or three minutes, then he's angry for another 12 minutes, and they just kind of break it up. Like, it's it's in 12-minute increments yeah. of him being angry, which is a terrible way to make a living, right? Just being yeah. consistently angry. Um, Imagine the ulcers. Now I, I mean, oh my gosh, oh my god! So you know the other thing is right. If he hits his, if he gets caught hitting his vape pen on Fox News, it's big news. Me, I have the internet, my friend. I just got to make sure it's on. <laughs> um, you know, like it's, it's on. He's a he's a dude who like. If he's having a great day, he has to pretend that he's angry about Joe Biden. He doesn't get to say, I don't really give a shit today. You know what? I, 
My my little girl rode her bike. I went home. I had a steak and a great beer. I smacked my wife on the caboose, and then we watched Star Trek. He like no. like Christmas doesn't exist for that guy, right? No. It's just consistently angry. The same thing with Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper, because they only exist to get you to that next that next point of sale, where they're trying to sell you a a car or some food or um like. The, the way it breaks is, and the way that clock breaks is in the first 15-minute break, right? It's a shitty restaurant. It's a shitty chain restaurant. Maybe it's McDonald's. Maybe it's Applebee's. And then it's like a Ford. It's an entry-level Ford. And then it's like um, it's a it's a heart medicine, right? Mm-hmm. So you get the heart medicine. And then by the time you get to the second break, it's like a slightly better shitty chain restaurant. Like it's Outback. And then it's like a... Then it's like an entry-level foreign car. Like maybe it's a Toyota, like a nice Toyota. Volkswagen. Uh, and yeah. then it's – oh, a nice Volkswagen. Yeah, it's a sensible yep. car. Sensible yep. car, good gas mileage, right? <laughs> uh, and then they move on to um, to the next medication, right? So the first time they sent you like a, like a heart medication, right? So um, one of the side effects – of your heart, uh, your heart condition, your heart medication is now you kind of got to deal with a little bit of uh, depression, right? Because that's mm-hmm. one of the side effects they tell you in that three minutes after the commercial. But like, the side effects include da, 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 really depression. Yep. So, yeah. So they got you on the Volkswagen. They've got you on Outback Steakhouse, and now they've got you on your your antidepressant, right? They're selling you on that one. Yep. So then you get to that third, that that bottom of the hour, right? Or that I'm sorry that that uh, the 45 break right. So when you get there, now it's like now it's a nice chain restaurant. Like now we're at like maybe it's uh, Ruth's Chris or yeah some something nice like a yeah, nice you, steakhouse. You so chain. much attention because I never I, I don't know how many times I've watched Hanley or heard Hanley and that what you're saying is 100% valid and true. It happens. That's how they do it. That's so weird. Like you're like props to you for being your wife. You probably put things exactly where they were, huh? Like your toolbox is so organized. My fucking office is a mess, dude. Oh Don't, my god! No. You're observant, though. No shot. Um, so, but but hear me out. So like now you've got the the heart medication, yeah, and you've got the antidepressant, right? But now the, the one of the side effects of your antidepressant is ED. Right, so now you've got to take the you you want to take to your significant other the PF Changs. Now you want they're selling her your your Mercedes lease, right? They don't tell you to buy a used car or anything like that. Do some sensible stuff with your money. No, 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 no. <laughs> they want you to lease a Mercedes, and they want you to go over, right? They want that's why it's always on an open road. They want you to go real, real far in it, so you got to pay over it over months. So it's it's Ruth's Chris, and, and it, but it's a boner pill. Because you're now you're in debt, you're and you're depressed because you went for a nicer, newer car. You're in debt because now you feel like you got to eat PF Chang's two, three times a week, yeah. and, uh, and you're you got a heart condition. You're depressed, and your boner doesn't work. Yep. And they just repeat the cycle with the next angry person. Yep. Because that's it, why I hate the news. I really, honestly, hate the news. I I used to be a big Twitter guy. And then about a year ago, when everything just went haywire, I was like, I, I, all I, I get on a social media platform and I just get angry. And I'm like, this, I, I'm done. I, why am I doing this to myself? 
Like you could, I could physically feel the tension on my heart just going, Argh. so I was like, I'm done. I'm deleting Twitter. So I deleted Twitter and I don't know, I have not thought about Twitter for, I, I don't know how long, for, since I deleted it. I, the next day I was totally fine. I felt great. And the news for me is just like repeating the same garbage. It's just over and over. And like, for example, whenever the Las Vegas shooting took place, I, as, as an American, was heartbroken and pissed off. Well, so I'm watching the news, and I'm like, okay, well, when's the, when's the new information going to come? Like, when are they going to tell us more about this? So about a week hits, and we're hearing the same press conference, the same fiery, pissed-off host, and then you have the, the three other people that are coming to the frame that are also pissed off and agree with the host, but then there's that one guy that everybody that is viewing hates because his opinion is the opposite, right? It's like the, the, the first take concept where you have Stephen A. Smith versus uh, Max Kellerman, and the whole time they always disagree. Somehow they never agree on something, right? And I just got to the point where I'm like, this is stupid. All they're doing is fueling hate for me. Why am I doing this? I'm done. I'm going to go outside and enjoy myself or go make a damn T-shirt because at least I won't be getting pissed off about how the state of the world is. You know, they make us think that everything going on outside of our four walls is just pure fire and hell out there. And, you know, there are plenty of things that are shitty about the world, but I don't, like they say, ignorance is bliss. And until it comes to my doorstep, I'm going to enjoy life. Why, why do I need to be surrounded by the, by hell all the time? Okay, so I'm glad you brought that up. I think that people get excited to be angry about something, whether or not it applies to them. Like, so, so one of the discussions, one of the the, the hot points, uh, hot topics lately, a point of contention, a point of conversation, was the idea of transgender sports, right? Yeah. Which, to my knowledge, has not really been an issue where we live. Now, no. not to not to be confused, there is an Olympic runner. And I'm, I don't know her name, and I feel like I should. She's an Olympic qualifier, and she's transgender. And she she confirms to all of the the Olympic norms and and what they say uh, they need for it to be cool. Mm-hmm. That doesn't apply to high school sports. No. To my knowledge, that has not been an issue or a bridge that we need to cross. But people get very excited about this one particular thing, even if they don't have kids in school. Yes. Isn't that weird? Like, like I does it apply to you? No. Like, why does it, you know, one of the topics that you've talked about before, but the, that mayor in Chicago, like, why did, why did that even need to become a thing? Like, those are the kind of things where I just am flabbergasted. Like, what is the need? What, why, why, like, sometimes, I, I always say this on every single time we have a, a Facebook group that every single day I post it on here too on Instagram, on our story, a quote of the day and a shirt of the day. And the quote of the day, I, I adapt and are not I adapt. Um, I, I, I can't, I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, gosh, I've totally lost it. I, I write a, a caption on it, the whole thing. And I, I explain it and I just, I, I make it understandable and relatable for people but at the end of it, every single time, every time, every day, I write, be kind. If you're just nice to people, at the end of the day, if you're nice to people, your life goes so much better. Like, it, instead of looking at someone with, that guy could do this, or that guy could do that, 
why don't you think, hey, that's a, that's a cool dude right there. I'm going to ask him a question or ask him what he thinks about this or what he thinks about that. But instead, we all have this preconceived notion of like, well, that guy, had, look at his stupid hair or look at those stupid shoes. Like, why do we think that? Why can't we just be nice? Do you realize we spent like five minutes railing on John Cena's stupid hair? We, we did. We did do that. But, <laughs> but John Cena has given us 100% reason to rag on him because, one, he sold out from the WWE, and, two, now he's got a weird-looking haircut. When he made me, eight-year-old me, fall in love with Marine-looking John Cena, and now he's a completely different person. So I have, So we have reasoning to be a little bit pissed off and irritated rag on. But for just people as, to be pissed off in should. general about everything, that's where I'm saying. Just regular right. folks on the street, though, be kind. Yeah. Be kind, except if it's John Cena. Then you can just yeah. get on him all you like. Yeah. Um, I, my experience, right, is even if it's a fake smile, right, like even if you don't mean it and you're just you're struggling to get through the day, yep. going through your day with a, even with a fake smile, right, when you're pushing to keep up, your day will go easier. People will be more kind to you. Or they'll look at you like you're nuts because they're miserable. Yep. And if you have a bunch of people that are staring at each other all day and they're all miserable, it's just going to suck them down. Right? It's going to suck every single one of them down. However, if you have one guy that or gal or other that can crack a smile or crack a joke and maybe get people's blood flowing a little bit, then it, it turns everyone's day around. Yep. Like just the, just the fucking energy, right? Just try not to have a negative energy about yourself. You can turn the day around for everyone around you. And the other thing is, and this is something I learned from, from my father and uh, in, in, in uh, one of the programs he's in, is that um, you can restart your day, right? If you're having a garbage day, let's say it's 3 o'clock in the morning, or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, your day started at 5 a.m., and every hour on the hour has been new shit, right? New garbage, something terrible coming your way. You can restart. You can just take a break, breathe for a couple minutes, and you know what? New energy. That happened in the past. I can't do anything about it. Let me walk forward and see what's there. Yep. And that's probably the best way to do it. It's probably going to be the safest, easier, cleaner way to, to deal with your energy. So I really dig that. Uh, be kind. Well, um, I, uh, it's it's funny yeah. that you say that because I mean, no, not it wasn't even an intended plug here, but today in our YouTube video, it's our first one back, and in the video, I don't even know what the what happened this day or anything, but we took a clip and we're sitting in the car and it's Trent and I, and I go, you know, this may be cliche or cheesy or whatever, but if you're having a shit day. You can still have a good day. And I, I said it, and whenever I said it, I, I, go, I go, if that makes any sense. Because, like, it sounds crazy, but what you just said is so true. There's been times, you don't even know this, but there's been times where Trent and I are having, a, we're just buttonheads, just going back and forth with one another. And then you message and say, hey, you guys free? You got anything going on? And, we all, and I always tell you, you're always welcome. Anytime, stop by, right? And... Your energy, you come in, and you are the happiest, most go-lucky, smiling, and what's up, blah, blah, blah. I see, you see Trent, you see his mullet, and you're, you just go off about his mullet because you love it, right? And every single time after you leave here, 
It doesn't matter if Trent and I have been arguing, if we've been having a pissing match about what, what we're going to sell something at a price point or blah, 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 blah. Always, 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 when you leave, we, we have a better attitude because of the energy that you bring. You're happy and you're, you, you are just, life is a beam that shines out of you. You just feel it. I don't know how to explain it, but that is a compliment to you and your energy that you carry yourself with. Thank you very much. Uh, if I can return the compliment with, I interact with you and your brother because because uh, I, I, I like you. I like walking by and waving to your dad, who has raised two young men that not only like each other, but like him, yeah. right? So if I'm trying to build a better relationship with, with my kids, with, with my sons, uh, with my daughter, then it makes sense for me to bring in positive energy into my life. Yeah. So if I can learn from, from your dad about interacting with my kids as they become uh, adults and they be, develop into their own people, then I get to learn something so that hopefully my kids can work together with their siblings and work together on a, sort of a team project like that in the future. Yeah. Because right now my kids – they're young. They have these dreams. They have these goals and ideas, and I, I think it's wonderful. And if, and I think any direction they want to go, they're going to be super duper talented. Yeah. But if they can work together in a team, and if I can do, if I can learn the things that I can learn to foster and help kind of push that along, then great. Yeah. The the guys I know that have the best relationships with their kids have the best relationships with their kids because they have the best relationships with their kids, because they yeah. interact with them, because they communicate with them, because they speak each other's language. And as I get older and I interact with my kids, uh, I'm learning this. So I'm learning a lot from you two. I'm learning yeah. a lot from your father. For you guys, when you guys went down to, those of you at home, uh, the brothers Walden uh, ditched the little sister, went down to, and flew down from Alaska to California to spend Mother's Day with their mom. We brought sis. Right? We brought sis. Oh, way cooler if you didn't. Yeah. That's really cool that you did. <laughs> it's, it's funnier if you didn't. It's terrible if you did. Uh, buddy, it's funnier if you didn't. Yeah. Um, but no, in a very real way. Like, you, you you made this a family affair. And so for me, like, that's, that's inspiring. It's motivating. And so, like, you guys have a great energy. You work really, really hard. Uh, and and if I can do anything to bring light to that, then that's great. If I can bring light to that and and make cool stuff along the way and sell cool stuff along the way, and and we can open up people's way uh, eyes that you don't need um, a billion dollars to start a clothing company. You just need to get the business license, uh, get some T-shirts, and sell them. Yep, that's all you've got to do. Just, uh, and just doing, you can do action. it yourself on anything. Yeah, uh, and that's and I, yeah, that's uh, and that's one of those things that I, I it took me uh, it took me a lot longer than it should have to figure out um, was that it, in order to make something happen, you have to make something happen. If you want to do something, you're the one that's going to have to do it. The world isn't going to do it for you. No, you isn't know? that weird? Uh, what, because what is, I feel like we what is live in a world like that where a lot of people, like my generation. I, for me, even, I, I mean, I still live with my freaking parents, but we think all the time that it has to look like a, a, a production, a giant production. And 
like one of the mistakes that we made in the beginning is we did uh we did this thing called dance of the decade and so dance of the decade was like this homecoming but a non-school sanctioned function so they rented out the sports center room and then they had homecoming there and they did this well we knew the kid that was putting it on and we were like oh great business opportunity to make t-shirts for this and sell them there so Trent and I, we've, we ordered the shirts. This is before we had our own printer. We ordered the shirts, and then we packaged them. We ordered this stamp so that we put uh, tissue paper all around it, tape it up, stamp it with Walden Bros on it. It was, the, it was awesome. But we only sold four of them, and we had 126 left over. We had a complete loss, all because we thought it needed to look good. What we should have been doing is spending that money on marketing those shirts. We, I mean, instead of buying all of that tissue paper, the stamps, paying for all this big production, why didn't we run radio ads or run Facebook ads? Or it's like, that's a big thing, I think, is people say work hard and you'll, and you'll get there. Well, there's 75-year-old men who have worked hard their entire life and they've never got there. Maybe they've enjoyed their, they've enjoyed the fruits of their labor a couple of times. They got to take their wife and their kids on, on their, on their uh, vacation that they want, but they, they never got what they truly wanted. So my policy and Trent's as well that we live by is yes, work hard, but also work efficiently. Take the time out of your day to go and find what is going to work. Don't just leave it up to chance and be like, well, I'm just going to work hard and do it, and then hopefully one day, you know, the scooter bronze of the world find you. No, th- you should be working to, one, make your, sh- your la- sorry, lack of a better word, your shit awesome, one, and then you should be working your ass off to try and push it in front of the people that do have the platforms to make it on the big level. So work hard and also work efficiently. That is something that our dad always told us, work hard, work hard, work hard, and you'll be, and you'll be successful. Well, we're working hard. Yes, we're going to be successful because we're willing it into the universe. We're going to be successful one way or another. Come hell, high, hell or high water, we're going to be. But work efficiently. That's, that's something that nobody ever tells you is work efficiently. What is the yardstick with which you measure success? So, that's a tough one. Um, Trent, will you text mom and dad that we're just about to leave right now to go to Wednesday in the park? Cause I don't want to cut out of this and then go blank. Um, <laughs> he's like, go to Wednesday in the park. I just, I just got back from Wednesday in the park. That's why I was late to start this. I was at Wednesday in the park yeah. with two of my sons. Uh, we had hot dogs from, uh, from Amy at big dogs. Ooh. Um, I think my wife is going with my in-laws right now. They're probably going to get some yo tacos, uh, uh as which they should. Tell him but, to meet him um, there. Tell yeah. him to meet him there. Because um, I don't want him to wait on me. But uh, the, how do I, what is the measuring stick for success for me now? So I'm speaking for me, not for Trent, because Trent, Trent's the type of guy that wants to live in a cabin in the woods and have a bunch of land and then put everybody's house in the corners. Like he want, th- That is actually Trent's goal. He wants to have this giant plot of land and have it cleared out, and then each corner of the land he wants to have Mom and dad's house, Trevor's house, Caitlin's house, and then his house. Like, that's Trent's plan. For me... I love Trent. Trent is cool. He is a a different individual, but he is 100% his own person. So I love that about him. I like that. 
for me, I, Trent, you're awesome. Thank you. He's great. <laughs> um, for me, I, God, for me, what would be success for me would be having the ability to just say, Hey, mom and dad, it's done. I want, I want, I don't, you never have to do anything that you don't want to do. That is success for me. And then also being able to do, I've told Trent this, being able to go, you know, like just the freedom to do whatever I want. That's what, that is success for me. Being able to say every single year, like, Hey mom and dad, or Hey, this is, Hey kiddos, we're going to go to all-star weekend. That's like, I don't want it to be a one-time thing. And I don't even really love basketball. So it's a weird thing that I say that. But being able to say, like, hey, kiddos, we're going to go to All-Star Weekend every single year. It's not like a, oh, my God, we're making a trip to go to All-Star Weekend. This is the highlight of our life. I want it to be every single year. We're, we're going, it's, it's an expectation. We're going to All-Star Weekend. So I think that just not even just All-Star Weekend in general, just being able to say, hey, I want to go and do this, and I can't. That's that is success for me. Yeah. So okay. I mean, it, um, it's a it's like, a big broad picture, but no, no, I, I get it. There's a there's a freedom. I heard someone describe it once as being able to go to the restaurant and without looking at the prices, being able to order what you want. Exactly. Um, I. Uh, I, like you, uh, look like I'm going to be doing some Wednesday in the park uh, before I dip out. Uh, Trent, first off, I think it's very cool that your parents named you after one of the characters from Grand Theft Auto. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. Well, everyone loves Trevor. Um, <laughs> Man, the myth. So... Uh, yeah, thank you for joining us. So uh, if folks are interested in reaching out to the Brothers Walden for some custom gear, how do they do that? Well, you can follow us on Instagram, at Walden Bros, on Facebook, at Walden Bros, um, and then on YouTube, or Walden Bros. I think that there's another guy named Walden Bros Transportation. It'll be a picture of Trent and I going like this, doing our signature giver. Um, and then if you would like to get merchandise made for yourself or your business or whatever, we offer no minimums, no whatever. You can put whatever the heck you want on it. T-shirts, 20 bucks, all can be found at waldenbros.store, not .com, waldenbros.store. All right. Uh, Trevor, Trent, uh, give your parents my best. Tell them I said thank you uh, for what they have contributed to the universe. <laughs> Will do. Thanks for the opportunity, right. Bill. It's always uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for popping on. Uh, gentlemen, kick, to, kick the rest of today in the ass, kick the rest of the week in the ass, and then the, kick this weekend's ass. All right, will do. Hey folks, as a reminder, if you would like to get your hands on some of that sweet-ass Woken Baked merchandise, be sure to check out waldenbros.store for more information. They'll have the tab there to get to, you know, your stuff. Click on the store, and then you'll you'll get there. You'll, you know, say collections, I'll say Woken Baked, and you will see all of the stuff 
that we do. Well, that they do. Uh, I do some stuff. They do way more stuff than I do, but you'll see all kinds of stuff there, including like their stuff. If you want to get your own stuff made, go to their website, waldenbros.store. All right, moving on to the actual legitimate supporters. Brandon Miller and the fine folks at Iron Asylum located at 35165 KB Drive behind Save You More. I was there today. I brought Young Hickson. I did some kettlebells. I did these little like fat boy curls. They've got these weird, they're kind of shaped like bowling balls, but but they're curls. You, you do curls with them. They're like, they're kind of like dumbbells, but anyway, I, I don't know what they're called. I think they're called fat boys or fat bobs or something. I don't know, but I enjoy them. I did curls with them. Uh, I did kettlebell swings. I also did like a club workout, which was pretty nice. Yeah, not like I was dancing or anything like that because you know, I, I had Yeti guy with me, so we weren't exactly dancing, but we were working out. Like I'll put him down. I do my kettlebell swings. I'm not like doing like cleans or anything with him strapped to my back. It seems mildly dangerous. Uh, anywho, that is Iron Asylum. They are open 24 hours a day. For more information, give them a call at 907-953-4720. That number again, 953-4720. You can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Instagram. Probably everything but Twitch and Twitter. Something about the tease. I don't think Brandon likes the tease. Not sure. Not sure why. What it is about tease that that man... Uh, has, uh, I know, anything against. No idea. Couldn't tell you. All right, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis, the brewmeisters of hashade. Actually, like, four types of hashade now. So they've got the original lemon-flavored, they've got blueberry, they've got strawberry, and now watermelon. Made from actual watermelon chunk. This is pretty rad, folks. If you like watermelon, and you like watermelon drinks, go get a watermelon drink with weed, man. Also, a shout out to my friend and yours, Ben Farley. If you're looking to get yourself uh, an Irie Palmer, you can get any of the hash shades, mix it with one of Lady Grey's uh, black teas and have yourself the Irie Palmer. There you go. Because lemonade and, uh, and iced tea. There you go. They combine together to make the Irie Palmer. All right, they are located on the Kenai Spur Highway, and because they have uh, their own vertical integration, they have the very best prices on oils in the state of Alaska that I am aware of. All right, they have three different tiers for cartridges, and if you know me, you know I love my cartridges. They are silver, gold, and platinum. Platinum is top of the line. I'll tell you that gold is solid. And I will tell you that the platinum is solid, and I'll tell you that the silver is still solid at $35 for the half gram, okay? The guys and gals at Red Run make good stuff. And if you like good stuff, they've got stuff for you. But if you wanna try things from your other favorite extractors, okay, they've got you too, all right? Whoever, whoever you go to, for your cannabis in the state of Alaska, tell them that you want to try some of Red Run's oils. You want to try some of their diamonds. You want to try some of their terp sauces. You want to try some of their carts. Let them know you're interested. Let them know you want to try some hashade because I told you it was delicious. Now, like I said earlier, they carry Lady Grey Medibles. They also carry Creative Confections edibles. So if you're looking at maybe taking uh, some of the Creative Confections hard candies, breaking them up, dropping them into your hash shade, shaking them up and enjoying that on a nice day. 
in Alaska where the sun is out till midnight, you're a grown-up. You can do that, all right? I'm not gonna tell you what to do. You do it, you, you figure it out, all right? If you can, if you're of the age where you can go to a dispensary legally, you can figure out where you're at, all right? I'm not your mom, I'm not your dad, you figure it out. All right, they also stock Alaskan-made Frontier CBD and Alaskan-made as they come, it comes out of Homer. Be sure to ask your bud tender for any suggestions and recommendations they might have. They might tell you something completely different than a Red Run product. Maybe they'll tell you that something from Refined is more in tune, more along the lines with what it is that you are looking for. But they're not gonna lie to you. They're gonna take the information you give them and give you some information that you might want so that you can do the things that you want to do with the products you want to do them with. All right, like I said before, Hashade and other Red Run products are available at finer dispensaries throughout the great state of Alaska. So check out Weed Maps and RedRunCannabisCompany.com for more information. All right, without any further ado, I gotta move on to this, these, these last lovely folks I gotta tell you about. Monday through Thursday, starting at 7 p.m., no gi jujitsu at all american training center now in the past the head coach over there was curtis hembroff curtis is heading back to austin texas to the uh 10th planet in austin where he is the head coach where he runs it i'm telling you folks you missed a freaking hell of an opportunity to train with one of the best coaches in in the United States. He was up here, he was living here, he was teaching classes. You could go Monday through Thursday and learn chokes from guy uh, from the guy who, who learned chokes with guys like Tony Ferguson, from guys like Eddie Bravo, who's trained with Conor McGregor, who's trained with Dustin Poirier, who's trained with Tim Kennedy and Donald Cerrone, who has trained with the best mixed martial artists and jiu-jitsu practitioners in the world. Check out at 10PATX to see exactly what it is I'm talking about so you can see what he was doing up here and what he brought up here. But he'll be back, he'll be back, all right? I don't wanna, don't wanna go too far. The coaches right now, uh, Coach George Grossman, AKA at Spaghettify75, is the head coach of jiu-jitsu at Redemption. So for the head coach of Redemption to come over and teach a 7 p.m. no-gi class at All-American Training Center is something very, very special. So that's a guy who has coached world champions like Liz Clay. He's uh, coached Sean Babbitt. He's still coaching Sean Babbitt. This guy's a monster. And if you want to learn cool things, he is a guy to teach you cool things in the murder yoga. And we're staying with no gi. So there you go. You don't have to get into the uh, murder pajamas. You can stay. You can ride the big wave, as they say. Stay in a rash guard. Stay in board shorts. And have fun with it. That is Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. at All-American Training Center. So bring your rash guard. Bring your shorts. And do some jits with people who want to do jits with you. All right, without any further ado, I don't know why I'm saying without any further ado, man. I've been saying that a lot lately and I, I don't even speak French. I'm just, I'm lying to you for no good reason. I don't speak French. I don't even know if that's French. It could be Belgian. I'm not even sure on that. All right, here's your cannabis warning. Have a great day.
As per 3AAC 306.360 Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding.